All righty. Um, you guys know that I'm just all... What are you guys doing back there? I told you not to do that. Thank you. Enough of that or you're going to hinder the Holy Spirit for some people. Um, <laughs> you guys know I'm always thinking. I mean, y'all know me, the thinker. Came up with a new holiday. It's the first seven days right after Thanksgiving. It's called Thanksmas. Work with me. If we can get enough people behind this, you're going to get another day off. <laughs> and the way you greet people is Murphy, Thanksmas. Y'all with me? All right, write that down. Now, after seven days, you go to the full Merry Christmas. <laughs> Did y'all get that? That's very important, very serious. I think up these things, and I want to share them with you. We're talking about Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and, and Thanksgiving, how to turn our life from, um, you know, just thinking all about us to thinking about the needs of others and thinking about how good God has been to us. That's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be the kind of church that it's not all about us. It's about blessing others because there's an amazing thing that happens when you take the spotlight off of you. All of a sudden, you get blessed. All of a sudden, all the stuff you were trying to get when you wanted the spotlight just on you and you couldn't get it, all of a sudden, when you make it not about you, stuff starts flowing into your life. Blessings that you've been praying for and wanting and desiring, they start flowing into your life. You know what? Right before I get into this, I want to just point out our leader of the month this month. Our leader of the month is Mr. Mitchell Grantham. Mitchell Grantham's been here probably 18. This coming June, I will have been the pastor of this church for 20 years. Now, the, rate, the way you're able to stay at a church for 20 years is coming up with new holidays like that thanks Mustang. And um, I got a laugh out of that, finally. Um, Mitchell, thank you, bro. Mitchell Grantham has been here through it all. He's, he's watched me do some things that worked, and he's watched me try some stupid stuff. He's watched me mess up, and, and nobody knows me any better than Mitchell Grantham knows me. And he has stood with me and stood with this church and served this church when nobody was looking and nobody was watching and nobody was there to clap and applaud. Uh, he works behind the scenes. Once in a while, we'll get him up here, and he's an awesome musician, an incredible singer, but a lot of what Mitchell does is behind the scenes. I want you to give Mitchell Grantham a big, big hand today. We got him up some Hardee's coupons and gave those to him this morning, you know, a dollar off. And, um, you know, if you get the big combo, $2 off. So he's going to have a great holiday season. Um, Thanksgiving, more than food and football, but Thursday... I had some of both, didn't y'all? Man, did anybody been on Facebook? Did y'all see my plate? I took a picture of my plate and put it on Facebook. The before, did you see before? Was that not a thing of beauty? And after. I don't know if y'all noticed, but there was one little pea left right in the middle of the plate. You got to stop somewhere. You got to stop somewhere. 
Did y'all have a good holiday, good Thanksgiving with your family, have some good times, and, and again, thank you to the, to the admission team that, I tell you, just bless my heart to know we got people, 33 of them, and I know a lot of you would have gone if you could have, because that's the heart of this church, just touches me, man, when I see on Facebook last night, we're coming into the parking lot at Whitley Church. And I just think about how happy and joyful they are after such sacrifice to be a blessing to others. I just thank God for that. Well, let's read from the Bible. Thanksgiving, talking about uh, what it means and how to do it. Psalm 107, 21, 22 says in the King James Version, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works. To the children of men. Now it says, oh, that men would praise the Lord. And that word means humans. It means men and women, boys and girls. Oh, that humans would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. In other words, to them. And let them, the children of men, us here this morning, sacrifice. And look at the plural here. The sacrifices. Of thanksgiving. In the message it reads this way. So thank God for his marvelous love. For his miracle mercy to the children he loves. Offer thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world what he's done. Sing it out. You know we talk a good talk. But God wants it to become a walk. God wants us to begin to live out this heart of gratitude And people say, amen, pastor, I agree with that. How do we do it? How do we do it? By offering sacrifices of thanksgiving. What I've done is gone through the Bible, and um, I have found five places in the Bible where it explicitly tells us to offer various kinds of sacrifices. We as believers, you say, well, only the priest can offer sacrifices. But see, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5, that we who have received Christ as our personal Savior, we are priests. We are priests. See, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, and we're going to talk about the tabernacle a lot this morning, there was a veil, there was a curtain That divided so that only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus died on the cross, um, the Holy Spirit moved in that place and ripped that curtain. Um, You've read it in the Bible. The Bible says the veil was rent in twain in the King James Version. In other words, this curtain, this separation that only the sanctified priest could go beyond that curtain or they would die When Jesus died on the cross, that curtain was ripped supernaturally to show us that now we who receive the death of Jesus as payment for our sin and we receive the risen Christ from the tomb into our heart as our Savior, now we have, this is a big word, an important word, access. We have access. To the very presence of God, the very power of God, access. You have access this morning. If you have not come into his presence, as we heard beautiful, the choir, didn't the choir do a good job this morning? Let's give them a hand. Last Sunday night, 
awesome. We had a community service last Sunday night, and the choir just did a beautiful job, and we had some others from some of the other churches join our choir, and we taught them how to do this. They didn't know how until they got in the Whitley Choir. Actually, I didn't know how until I got in the Whitley Choir. I think I'm just going to keep doing this all through the sermon. So um, it was really fun to watch that last week. I think they liked it, the new folks. But um, Peter tells us that we are priests and we can go into the very presence of God. See, the Holy of Holies is where the Shekinah glory of God was, the very visible presence of God. I mean, you could see the presence of God with the human eye, not just the spiritual eye, but with the human eye. We'll talk about that. So you got to ask yourself, am I offering these sacrifices? I told you that what I want you to do, and I put this challenge out there again this morning, that you will get a little card, a little three-by-five card, and you'll write these five things down. And as you go through the year 2009, the rest of it, and next year, 2010, that you will pull that card out of your Bible from time to time and say, Am I giving these thanks to God, not just in November toward the end of the month, but am I giving thanks to God every day? Am I doing it constantly, continually, and at all times? That's what we talked about last week. So let's look at the ones we have talked about. First of all, we talked about the sacrifice of you, the sacrifice of your person. God wants you to give yourself to him. It says in Romans 12 and 1, therefore I urge you, brethren. So Paul is talking to believers here, those who have received Christ. He said, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. That means because of what God has done for you. Because God has been so merciful to you. Because God gave his only son who died on a cross, was buried and rose from the dead. So you could have eternal life. So you could live in heaven. So you could avoid a life in eternity without God, and in the torment of hell. He said, because Jesus did that for you, he said, you ought to present your bodies. He gave his body. That's what Paul's saying. He gave his body, but he doesn't expect you to die for him necessarily. He wants a living sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship and then we talked last week about the second sacrifice not only the sacrifice of your person but the sacrifice of your praise we talked about praising God and what it meant now the reference there that you're going to put down on your little three by five card is Hebrews 13 15 it says by him through him Jesus by Jesus Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. See, the the priest could not offer any kind of sacrifice until he went by the brazen altar. And we'll talk about that today. And, And that brazen altar was a picture of Jesus because that's where they offered the animal sacrifices. He could not go and offer anything. It had to be by the altar. He had to go by the altar. Sin had to be dealt with. And that's what this is saying. By Jesus, you are allowed, therefore, to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. See, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, and I'm going to be real straight up with you today. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, you can't praise him. 
You can't worship him. You say, oh, I, I haven't done that yet. I mean, I haven't asked him into my life, but when you all are singing, I really like the music, and, and I say thank you, Lord, and praise the Lord, and I, I, no, 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 listen, listen. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be harsh here, but it is by him we offer praises. It is through him. You can't access God except through Jesus. And it says it here in the word. That's the only reason I'm saying it. By him, Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise. How? To God. How? Continually. That is the fruit of our lips. It's in my heart. No. I'm glad it's in your heart. It needs to come out of your mouth. It needs to come out of your mouth. Giving thanks to his name. And then in the amplified version, and I urge you to, do some study in that Amplified Bible. It is incredible. He says, through him, again, through him, through Jesus, through Jesus. See, you can't come up another way. You can't get to God another way. There isn't another door. He is the, Jesus said, I am the door. You remember when we did the, the, the series on the, the sheep? And how uh, the shepherd would build that sheepfold and put all the sheep in there? And then, and then the shepherd, I start to say, Jesus, who is our shepherd? would lay down in the door. And the only way you could get to the sheep was to get through Jesus, to get through that shepherd. It's through Jesus. It is through him. Look what it says in the Amplified. Through him. Therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Now let's look at the third one. Let me just say this before we move to the third one. Don't forget praise is a weapon. Don't forget that. Worship is a weapon. Listen to me. You're in a battle. You are in a battle. And I know we don't like to think about that. And, you know, we like to think once we give our life to Christ and, you know, we kind of start going to church and serving God that, boy, it's just a piece of cake. From, it is not. It is a war. As a matter of fact, when you commit to Jesus, you enlist. You enlist. You're signing up to, to go to battle. And weapon, one of your greatest weapons is your worship. One of your greatest weapons is your praise. I'm telling you, a lot of you would be set free from some things and some battles would be over for you if you would release in the area of worship and praise unto God. Amen, amen, amen. I got a little boy at the bridge about that high. He's picked up on my amen, amen. He walked into the bridge last night and looked at me and went, amen, amen, amen. I said, amen, amen, amen. I said, and if you can't get that baby cranked, just give a bunch of amen, 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 amen. Get that baby cranked up. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Sacrifice <laughs> number three is the sacrifice of prayer. Now, this is closely akin to praise, but it's not exactly the same. Now, the reference you're going to put on your little three-by-five card that you're going to keep in your Bible, amen, 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 is Psalm 141 and 2. Psalm 141 and 2 says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense. Incense. Y'all remember incense? Y'all who were in the 60s, <laughs> remember, whole other context. 
Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands. See, y'all think that, that you know, people who lift their hands, y'all just have to excuse me, man. When the choir's singing like they were singing this morning, I just can't sit there and go, this is just awesome. I got to get up and do something. I got to get up and just, I got to lift my hands. You say, well, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Well, it ain't got nothing to do with you. I love you, man, but it's about what he's done for me. And they're singing that. Man, I got to get up. That's what the Bible, I'm just reading this to you out of the Bible. The lifting up of my hands. You say, I'm telling you something right now, Pastor. If you're going to make me lift my hands, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to make you, but I'm telling you, something happens when you do it. That's why it's in the Bible. See, it wouldn't even be in the Bible if it didn't do something. It brings a release. It's, it's really surrender. You know, if a guy comes up to me and sticks a gun in my ribs and goes, put up your hands, I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm going, where do you want them? How high? And when you lift up your hands in worship, and look, listen, you don't have to start up here. Start right here. Y'all with me? And then, boy, when you get real spiritual, go. And then just one. Then two. I'm just saying that in the Word of God, there is a reason that's in there. You say, well, I'm just not going to do that. You know where you ought to do it first is in your house. Just do it in your house. Nobody's looking, get in your bedroom, lock the door, turn on some casting crowns, start listening to what they're saying. And It's one of the most powerful groups out today. and They just made a new CD. You ought to get that and uh, get me one for Christmas. And um, Did that come out? And just worship in your house. I'm telling you. Are y'all listening? Worship in your house. Worship in your house. Because when you worship in your house and you pray, because this is talking about prayer right here, really, not even worship. So much prayer is a part of worship. But, but it's really talking about supplication here. It's talking about making your requests known to God and praying. Just, just start doing that in your house and say, you know what, God, I, I've never done this before, but I'm just going to lift my hands to you. Is I've never done it. I grew up in a church where nobody ever did it, and if you did do it, you know, the preacher would stop and go, yes, would you like to say something? You know, they thought you were raising your hand going, I was, you know, yeah, you have an objection. No, I'm, I'm all for it, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, so worship in your house. I just feel prompted right here. There are some demons that will leave your house if you will worship him. Now, now, I know I just freaked some people out. Demons, yes. Some of you are married to one. Some of you got little ones running around. <laughs> instead, of, instead of pulling them in and saying, I'm going to spank you, just start, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> They'll think you're going to call down fire, you know. Just start worshiping. Just start praising. 
when your children won't listen to you, just, just ignore them and just say, Father, I come before you on behalf of these rebellious creatures. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. Prayer is an awesome thing. Your kids need to hear you pray because they'll be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you start praying. They're like, I think she's talking about us, you know. <laughs> and God, I know one time you called fire down from heaven. And I pray you won't do it right now. I pray you won't, right? And you just help them get the. Psalm 141.2, let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands. Isn't that beautiful language? As the evening sacrifice. Man, that word incense. That phrase, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Notice in all the scripture references we've used in this sermon is that word sacrifice. Sacrifice. Key to this sermon series. Two things that jump out. First of all, incense. Secondly, the evening sacrifice. We're to offer up prayer as incense. We're to offer up prayer as the evening sacrifice. Incense is that perfume that in order for the smell, in order for the essence, the, the, the perfume to be released, it has to be set on fire. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. You think about those little sticks. You like those and go, peace, dude. No, man, this is different. When it's burned, the aroma is perfume that just kind of goes up in smoke. Revelation 5, we're not going to go there. But in Revelation chapter 5, it teaches us that incense is like the prayers of the saints going up. Can I tell y'all something this morning? When we sing like we did, with the choir. And when we sing like we did. And Pastor Jared got up here and led us in worship. And we let it come from our heart. And we forget all about yesterday. And all about tomorrow. And we focus on him. And we sing from our heart. God's in heaven doing this right here. It's a sweet smell to his nostrils. Because we're doing what we were made to do. That's why you were created. To worship Him. To, to praise Him. To send up those incense. Incense were primarily used in the Old Testament. And it was always a picture of prayers going up to God. The Old Testament Jews worshipped in the tabernacle. I think we got a picture of the tabernacle we'll put up there. There's a picture. Excellent, Dustin. Dustin drew that last night. Excellent. And you can see the gate there. See the gate? Remember I talked to you about that last week, and here's what would happen. I'm going to do a little demonstration for you. When they would walk in to the gate of the tabernacle, they would walk through the gate. Jesus is the gate. Jesus, that's a Matter of fact, if you've never done a study of the tabernacle, it's one of the greatest studies you'll ever do. One of the greatest studies you'll ever do. And then the brazen laver was here. And so when you walked into the gate, that, that was like you were coming to Jesus for salvation. Now we use words in church like born again. You ever heard that word? Saved. Are you saved? You know, we use Christian language sometimes. 
with seekers who really haven't been in church, and they don't know what that means. They go, uh, yeah, I almost drowned one time. My daddy pulled me out of the water, you know. I got saved that day. You know, seriously, they don't know what we're talking about. Have you been washed in the blood? I mean, that'll freak a guy out right there now. I'm telling you. But we use words like saved. And we use words like, and this, this is a word in the Bible, saved. You remember the jailer? And Paul and Silas were in jail and they were singing praises to God. This worship is a weapon, remember I told you? And they were singing, uh, I don't know what they were singing, Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Y'all remember that song we sing a long time ago? Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. I can just see Paul and Silas singing that. I don't just say thank you all very much. And they were offering that song up, or they were offering a song up, probably something like that, because Psalms is a hymn book. Psalms is a hymn book. It's, it's the hymnal. And so they probably singing out of Psalms, and that floated up. That floated up. These men had just been beaten within an inch of their life. They were sitting in sewage with their hands and feet in stocks and bonds, and they worshiped. We come into a carpeted, air-conditioned, and we go, I sure hope the band's got it today, because I don't really feel good. Man, let me tell you something. Paul and Silas didn't feel real good that day either. They had both just received 39 stripes on their back. Now they're placed in sewage. The sewage in the jails in that day just ran on the floor. They got their hands in stocks and bonds and they're singing. What are we going to do, Paul? I tell you what, let's sing. They sang and it rose to the nostrils of God. And God smelled their incense of their praise. And he saw them and he reached his hand down and shook that jailhouse. That's where that song Jailhouse Rock came from. <clears throat> I'm telling you, you come to church here, you're going to learn some stuff. Somebody's out there right now going, I did not know that. <laughs> the windows fell out of their place. The doors fell off the hinges. Everybody started to run away. i got to tell you something. Had I been in that jail? Heels and elbows, baby. That's all you to sing. I'm out of there. Not Paul. Paul had been set free by the supernatural power of God. But instead of running, he stopped and looked for an opportunity to bring Jesus to somebody. Oh, I don't think I'd have thought of that right then. But Paul did and he saw the jailer. And the jailer unsheathed his sword and put it to his breast. And Paul said, do thyself no harm. That's the message of God. Do thyself no harm. That's the message of God. Addict, do thyself no harm. Men looking at women who are not your wife, don't go there. Do thyself no harm. When God tells you don't do something, it isn't to hurt you. It isn't to deprive you. It is so you will do yourself no harm. Jailer turned and looked at Paul, and Paul said, we have not run. We are here. And that jailer fell at their feet and asked this question. What must I do to be saved? See, that word saved is in there. And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, we ought to feed the hungry. We do. But Paul didn't go feed the hungry. And when you get through feeding the hungry, then give money. Give a lot of money to the church. Join the church. Get in a church. Join it. Become a member. And, and, and volunteer in Royal Rangers. All that's good. But that's human works. He didn't even mention human works. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And he believed and was saved right there. You can be saved right here this morning, just like that jailer. You can be saved right here this morning. It's all up to you. And they, that jailer said, will you come to my house? And Paul said, yes. And they went to the house and they led his family to the Lord and baptized the whole family. Pretty cool right there. Amen. So here you are this morning. You walk up to the gate. You say, I can't go in. Paul says, uh, Peter says, yes, you can. You can go in. You've been given access. The veil's been torn. So you walk into the, put the, put the tabernacle back up there, guys. You walk into the gate. You walk into the gate. Tabernacle picture, back up. You walk, there it is. You walk through the gate. The first thing you come to is the brazen altar. Now, you remember in the first sermon I preached? I talked to you about tying that, that meat. You remember I talked, it's slippery and it kept slipping off. You remember that sermon? And, and how you tie it with bands, beautiful bands, and how those bands that tie us to the altar are discipline and devotion, our love for Jesus and our loyalty to Jesus. That's good preaching right there. Y'all need to go back and listen to that one again. And so when you walk in, the first thing that has to be dealt with is your sin. You walk into the gate, and I, I got to tell you, the gate is here this morning at this church, and the brazen altar is here, and you can come right on in today. Why, why do, come on in, man. Walk in the door, you offer the sacrifices. They were burned, they were offered the life of an animal, and, and you can read all about that. What kind of animal? Spotless, pure, perfect, because it was a picture of who? Jesus, and they would offer these animals, and that's how sin was dealt with. Once sin was dealt with, then they walked around the brazen altar and came to the laver. And it was made of bronze. It looked like a big old kettle drum. You've seen these kettle drums, but it didn't have a top on it. It was bronze, and it was filled with water. And they would stick their hands in that water, and they would wash themselves. Now, let's talk about the laver Real quick, the laver of the tabernacle was a, 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 a convenient place for washing. It was right between the brazen altar and then the holy place and then the veil and then the holy of holies. So, so stay with me now. So you dealt with sin, then you came around to the laver and you washed yourself. And that was a picture of your daily loyalty to God in washing yourself in the word daily that he might sanctify you. Sanctify. Everybody say salvation. Say sanctification. We're talking theology here today. We're talking theology. Here's why we keep falling backwards. Here's why we keep falling backwards. We've done this, but we haven't moved on to this. 
I got saved back in 1962. Yeah, and you're still standing right where you were spiritually. Are y'all with me? You got in the door and you go, I'm going to heaven. That's all. That, no, 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 no. You don't want life in heaven. You want abundant life now. Because God's got work for you to do. So God deals with sanctification. Sanctification, this deals with the sins you've done. Y'all with me? Cuss, lie, steal, chew, go with girls who do, all that. <laughs> so, you know, sins, things we've done that are sin. You know what the labor deals with? The labor, the washing of the Word of God every day. They did it twice a day, the morning and the evening, because they knew this was essential. This is essential part of victorious Christian living. It's not just the salvation, but the sanctification, because salvation deals with the sins we've done, but sanctification deals with the nature that's in us that we were born with that made us do those sins. Are y'all with me? You see, we're bent toward evil. You're born bent toward evil. Your nature is to disobey God. That's your inclination. Your inclination is not to love God and follow God. Your inclination is to get away from God. That's why when you quit reading your Bible and quit going to church, you get kind of ticked off at somebody at the church, so you think you've got a great excuse. And so you stop doing all the disciplines. You don't drift toward God. You drift away from God because it is your nature. The flow of this world, the flow, the nature, nature inside of you isn't going toward God it's going toward toward uh, eternity in hell it's going toward Satan it's going toward all that satisfies the flesh that's why the Bible uses words like strive in this life labor I'm telling you I'm not trying to make it negative but guys we're going against the current when you accept Christ, you're going against the flow. So here's something you need to pray about. You need to pray that God will sanctify you. You need to say, Lord, I thank you for my salvation. I thank you that I am saved, born again, all those Christian cliches. I thank you that I've been adopted into your family. I thank you that you've forgiven me for my sin. But God, I want you to deal with the very nature that made me do those things. And that happens at the labor, the washing of the word. Let me read some scriptures to you. And these aren't up on the screen, but write them down and look them up when you get home. Here it is. Listen. Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy. What is that? The brazen altar. The brazen altar. When Christ gave him, that's, that's, what, that's what the picture of the altar is, where Christ gave himself for the forgiveness of our sin. But look what he says. He says he gave himself to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water by the word. When Jesus prayed for the disciples, he said, I don't pray Father, that you take them out of the world, I pray you take the world out of them. And I pray that you sanctify my followers. Hosea says we're bent toward evil. Sanctification is that work of the Holy Spirit in you that bends you back. Now let me say this to you. You are never ever going to come to a place in this life on this earth where you don't battle that nature. 
You're going to always battle that nature. You say, I just want to come to a place where I'm not tempted anymore. Where you're going to have to die and go to heaven. Because as long as you're in this world, you're going to deal with temptation. Paul, do y'all think he was a pretty good Christian? <laughs> Paul said, the thing that I want to do, I, the thing I don't want to do is the thing I... If Paul battled, guess what you're going to do? You know what Paul called that nature? Do y'all remember? The old man. I get called that sometimes. I don't like it. But there's a nature in us that Paul referred to in the Bible as the old man, the old sin nature that makes us want to do the wrong thing. So what we pray for is God cripple the old man. Now, you're never going to kill the old man. He's always alive in you until you die and go to heaven. Salvation. Everybody say salvation. Sanctification. When you go to heaven, glorification. And when you get the glorification, no more temptation. No more nature to do wrong. But as long as you're in this world, you've got to fight it, brother. You've got to fight it, and you will never win on your own. You need supernatural power. And the supernatural power to overcome evil in this world is found in the brazen altar and in the laver. Sanctify me, purify me, so I can go in to the holy place. Well, I've been to the brazen altar. Y'all... Can y'all hang in there with me? I've been to the brazen altar. I got my sins forgiven. I'm saved. I've come to the, I've come to the, the laver, and I've washed in the word, and I'm doing that on a regular basis. God's sanctifying me. He is sanctifying me. Amen. Every day, every day, every day. Then I am, I am able to walk then into the holy place. Not the holy of holies yet. See that? See that? Um, that little building with the roof on it and the smoke coming out right there, that, that is divided into two compartments. The first compartment you walk in is the holy place. And when you walk in the door, to your right is the table of showbread. That is Christ our sustenance. We are to eat of him. We are to eat of him. As we eat of him, we are strengthened. The priest ate that showbread. There's a lot of stuff I could teach about that because there's a lot of in-depth uh, symbolism there. But just know that the, that is, that's Christ our sustenance. Are y'all with me? Y'all with me? Christ our salvation. Christ our sanctification. I walk, into the, I walk into the holy place and on the right is Christ my sustenance. Well, on the left is the menorah. Y'all know what a menorah is? It's that candlestick that's got one in the middle and three coming up on the side. Jesus is the one in the middle. We're the ones uh, coming up on the sides. The Bible says we are, a part, we are light through him being the light in us. Y'all with me? So here's Christ, my salvation. Christ, my sanctification. When I walk into the holy place, here is Christ, my sustenance. Over on the other side is Christ, my sight. Because you can't see if you don't have light. How many of y'all know in this dark world we need some light? Can you, do you know you can walk in light while everybody else walks in darkness? And then when you walk into the holy, pla holy place, you got your, your showbread over here. 
you got your candelabra right there, the menorah. And then right in front of you, you got another altar. And it's a brazen altar too, but it's where those incense are burned. And the smoke goes up, and that's where the prayers are offered. Now listen to me now. Listen, listen, listen. That's where the prayers, we're talking about prayer. We're talking about the sacrifice of not only our person and not only our praise, but our prayer. So we're right there. We're burning our incense. We're praying. We're sending up those prayers to God. That is Christ, my supplication. Man, I think I'll preach on this. Listen, Christ, my salvation. Christ, my sanctification. Walk into the holy place. I got Christ, my sustenance. It's all in who? Christ, Jesus. Everything comes from him. Christ, my sustenance. Christ, my sight. And Christ, my supplication. Well, when I get through offering up incense, and I get offering up, through offering up prayer, I get to go to that next level. H-N-L, whole nother level. Amen, amen? Some of y'all get that going home. You walk into the holy place, you walk into the holy of holies, guess what's sitting in there? The Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant. Whew, Ark of the Covenant, mercy seat. Cherubim. Y'all remember I had one up here one time. Y'all remember I preached on that? The Ark of the Covenant. Because the Ark of the Covenant symbolizes the presence of God. And between those cherubims, which were angels, and they had their wings like that, and between those cherubims, gold, gold cherubims, was this, was this seat, and it was the mercy seat. See that smoke going up? That's the, that's the smoke, for, that's the incense. See, you got your brazen altar. See the brazen altar when you first come in the gate right there? See the fire? See, that's this. That's the brazen altar. Then just beyond it, you can see the, um, you can see the laver sanctification and then you go right on in and right there where that smoke is he's offering up those incense twice a day twice a day regular continually constantly and at all times I'm just weak in my spiritual life well when's the last time you talked to God when was the last time you washed in the word I'm telling you I'm going to start getting rough on folks I just I just I I'm just beat up all the time. Well, you, you're not, you need to go by the brazen. You need to go by the labor. You need to get in the holy place. I'm telling you, something's wrong if you beat up all the time. That ain't God's plan for you. Off the, then you walk in, and there's the Shekinah glory. Here's what I'm saying to you today, and i got to quit. It is prayer. It is that other stuff, too. But in the ultimate, in the end, it is prayer that gives you access to God. It's prayer. Now, I'm going to say, if you're not praying, and I don't mean these King James prayers. I mean, I mean just talking to God. I talked to somebody yesterday, and they said, Pastor, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. She said, but sometimes I just sit in my chair and I look over at the chair beside me and I just imagine Jesus is sitting there. And she said, I just talk to him. I said, that's how you do it, girl. That's how you do it. You know, God isn't, God isn't impressed with fathereth. 
You know, we sound like we swallowed a steeple. I come before you. God's like, who in the world is that? You know, God can't come out of him right now. You know, that's a voice. That, why, why, do, why do people get up in the pulpit and all of a sudden their voice changes? Brother so-and-so, you be lead us in prayer? Yeah. And then, God, come on. Come on. Get real. God loves it when we just get real. You say, well, I'm embarrassed at church. Well, let's go back to the thing I said. Get in your house. Get it down in your house by yourself and tell him. You say, well, sometimes I get frustrated with God. He can handle that too. Why is this happening? Why is this going on? i got to have some answers. Hey, listen, go to, go to uh, um, um, Psalm 13. You know what David wrote? How long, oh God? How long is this going to go on? How long are you going to let this be done to me? How long? Psalm 73, you can go to Psalm 73, there's a guy there, he's ticked off because the rich are prospering, and he's a Christian, he don't have anything, and the rich, they, they mock God and laugh at God and ridicule God, and they got, you know, two-chariot garage and nice house, and he's got a little shack, you know. God can handle it when you're confused and you don't understand. God can handle, you know that Greek word, ticked off? God can handle it when you get ticked off. Talk honestly to God. Talk honestly. But don't ever forget that though you may not understand his workings, he loves you. And he always wants the best for you. Prayer gives you access to the Shekinah. Nothing but prayer. I'm going to college. I'm going to Bible college. I'm going to learn Greek and Hebrew. That's great. But if you're not praying, you won't get access. You can get so many theological degrees, you look like a thermometer. But until you learn to pray consistently, continually, and at all times, you're going to be weak and anemic and frustrated as a Christian. But when you learn to pray, when you learn to fast, and we're going to be talking about fasting in a few weeks, when you learn to pray and fast, it will give you access to the holy of holies. Father, we receive your word today. Help us walk in it. Help us walk in it, oh God. If there's someone here who doesn't know you, they haven't even come to the brazen altar, much less the laver and the holy place and all that. They haven't even come to the brazen altar. Let them come today. Let them come to you today and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. And I understand that when you said it is finished on the cross, you meant no more animals have to be offered. For now the perfect Lamb of God has died for you. Father, save those who are lost today. Stir the hearts of those who do not know you, that they will come to know you. Time is short. You're coming soon. We need to get ready. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, now listen to me.